deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. I'd like to it be if you know the call. For if the wall steps aside, be not afraid of what you see. Cause the wizard world has opened up as has the Griffin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Shrieking Shack. This is a Harry Potter reread podcast for lapsed fans. I am your host, ZC. And I'm the Joker. You're the shit fuck you're the joker this whole you've been the joker this whole time yep i was the whole time um the i whole? i talked about how this joke was coming down the pipe a few episodes ago and that's called <laughs> foreshadowing <laughs> oh no the, the the well the prophecy came true as, mm, as and that's what i mean it was a prophecy yeah it was a prophecy the prophesized event has come to pass liz has revealed her identity as the joker mm-hmm. uh well that's that's really good news uh to me because i'm looking i'm looking at you know i have our news pulled up i'm ready to go we finished order of the phoenix so uh, uh there's not much going on except uh uh get matt all wrapped up but we did have one thing here but it has it has a related article that i'm honestly more excited about clicking Mm. called eddie redmayne has a pitch perfect idea for which dc villain he'd like to play interesting um i don't know any dc villains other than the joker so like if if there's if there's just if you're the joker who who are you going to be starring alongside eddie redmayne as that's what I want. Um, let to me know. think. Let me try to to figure out my DC villains. Um, uh, does DC have the the guy that um, uh, is has f- freeze powers? Mister Freeze. Yes. Mister Freeze. That is a DC um, villain. Do you think? Do you think he would be a good Mister Freeze? Mister Freeze, from what I remember, is usually like a bit like a big buff guy. But mm. that could be. Pre- I mean, they can do he's anything. He's like with sensitive. CGI. Well, okay, but he's se- he's sensitive. That's true, right? Because he has yeah. that. Tra- he's got his tragic backstory. Because uh, his wife know, was literally fringed because he's Mister Freeze. <laughs> <laughs> he's Mr. He's Mister Freeze, and all he wants to do is unfreeze his wife. But that's all he can do um, is freeze others. And I think that Eddie Redmayne could bring a lot of sensitivity to that role. That's a really, really good observation, and I hate to disappoint you by letting you know that his choice is actually literally the most boring one he could possibly oh, choose. Tell me, he wants to be the Riddler. Ugh, boring. I'm really on board with this soft boy, Mister Freeze. Oh, so I would, might I feel mm, like maybe you should consider that. You're, you're, yeah, you're bringing me around on this one, actually. Soft boy, Mister Freeze. That's that Mister Mister Freeze. He was a mild mannered YouTube comedian, <laughs> but his liquid cooling system exploded all over his girlfriend. Uh, that and, that would be that would be a great one. I think that would do um, wonders for the DC cinematic universe. Absolutely uh so yeah so so big welcome to you the joker i'm so so happy to have our first guest on the show the joker Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but uh let's get to the real news here eddie redmayne is is in my is in my sights right now because he has been out there talking up a storm about the third fantastic beats film oh great uh and he has really big exciting news for it Mm. Are you ready for for big exciting news about your favorite movie franchise? Uh, yeah, well, you know, I've been really disappointed because they had to delay it. Um, they were supposed to start filming at the end of this summer. That got you know put off 
um, until what the beginning of next year that they're going to start filming. So yeah. as a big fan of the Fantastic Beasts franchise, it's been really tough to just kind of have no news and have that put on hold. So I'm really excited that that uh, someone has has come out with some exciting news because um, I'm I'm just ready for whatever little morsel Eddie Redmayne's got for me. Yeah, well, buckle up because it's here's here's a big heap and helping of, of Fantastic Beasts news straight from the beast's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're meant to start shooting in the beginning of next year. The script is still being worked on. Deep breaths. So what could this mean? What is that? Because like you said, they were supposed to start filming it this year. Uh, is there that a power struggle back. happening right now? That's my, I... that's my theory. So, so yeah, so lay out your theory. What do you think is going on with, with JK Rowling in this, and this damn script? I think that they're trying to rewrite it like make huge structural changes to it because mm -hmm. she's not good at writing <laughs> for the screen. Um, mm -hmm. And she is fighting them tooth and nail for every single little, little tiny detail. That is what I imagine. I could, I, I think that that is really, really possible. It is weird thinking about this in conjunction with her, like social media silence. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, her, you know, as we've talked about many times, her like lack of willingness to promote any WB stuff. Like she's mm -hmm. not, she's not pushed their games. She didn't say anything about the Blu-ray release. She's not said anything about the new website launch. She's not really said anything about any of the WB Wizarding World stuff at all. Um, and so her, her being. I don't know. I, I could just easily see that her, uh, as her being uh, uh, petty in this in this fight with the studio because of the I think the other clue is that the actors, whenever they're asked about it, the actors keep saying, oh, this movie is going to be so big. I don't know what that means. Right. Like what? Like like that. That that is such a vague, vague statement, um, because that could mean like it's long, which that wouldn't really be a surprise. They've all been long. It could mean the stakes are higher which i mean i would hope so <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like you know the movies have all had like big city destroying third acts that last an hour so like it feels strange to envision them going even further than that in a movie that's supposed to be about a fucking zoologist uh and then what i am wondering about is like do they mean it's big as in like is that code for like, oh, this is all three of the remaining movies squidged into one. It's just big. It's epic. It's it's such a such an all encompassing story because it is just moving so fast and doing so much. And, and it's got to make up a lot of ground like like I, I, I don't know. Like what's when I when I like if I were to say like, what are some examples of some big movies to you? Like, are you like. Lord of the Rings. That was a yeah. big movie. Big like, movie. I, I think for sure. it's like ambitious, right? Like this is an ambitious film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think like Lord of the Rings. You think uh, uh, Mad Max. You think uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah, right. Lawrence of Arabia. Ishtar. Just movies that were very big and expensive, and and bit off a little more than they could chew, and like maybe it paid off, maybe it didn't. And I don't. Like, I, I don't I don't understand how to square that with 
Fantastic Beasts, which is, I mean, I, I know that they're like what they filmed in Brazil. They're filming in China, I think. It's definitely going to be like a like a globe trotting film, whatever, you know, whatever manifests. But like I have they just like turned it into I mean, like if they've turned it into Indiana Jones or something, that honestly sounds way better. If it's Indiana Jones, but he's like saving animals instead of uh, stealing stuff from native cultures, that'd be kind of cool. But um, they're just, not going to do that. They're not going to do that. I, I'm not going to let you know, we, we've just we've just been reading John Green novels and we keep on setting ourselves <laughs> up for disappointment, thinking, oh, this is going to be good. He's going to we're going to give him way too much credit for something. And then and so I don't want to do that with Fantastic Beasts. But like that's that's like the good version of big, I could see. But what it likely means to me is it's just like there's going to be an even bigger CGI battle and Grindelwald's going to like roll in on a tank or something, you know? It, yeah, it's just a weird thing to say about high, a high budget blockbuster, especially um, uh, I guess what we as far as we know, is the third in a five-movie series. Mm-hmm. I just don't know movies, what that could mean. Especially when this is the third in a five-movie series where we know that the culmination of the series is going to be World War II, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But they have like 12 years between where the last movie left off and where World War II starts. So is this going to be the... the, the uh, the the middle chapter that doesn't really have anything to do with the rest of it is there going to be another pre-world war ii wizard war happening that's really big and if it's the third out of five did they keep getting bigger like i just have so many questions about this framing of like oh it's taking a long time because it's gonna be so big and, and and cool i'm like well like that's not served this series well so far and you still have to make two more after that so what's going on uh try this one on for size Mm -hmm. uh big with lore oh that's that's an angle i didn't consider like because that that's a huge i say that in a joking way but what i really mean is that um there is so much marketing that has to do with revealing things like that is what harry potter has always relied on right and it's Mm -hmm. like this this one is you're gonna learn a lot about the lore right there's gonna be a lot of lore and things that that you're gonna learn about the Mm -hmm. world Mm -hmm. i could see that Uh, and that would make sense with the locales that are not in europe Yes. Although the thing that's funny about that, I mean, like, like you say that that's not a new thing for Harry Potter as a franchise. And I'm just thinking back to like before Crimes of Grindelwald came out, how all the marketing was like the actors fucking lost their minds when they read the twist. Like, you're not you're not ready for the huge (sighs) twists in this movie. There are so many. J.K. Rowling has lost count of all the twists in this movie. Eddie Redmayne nearly threw himself off a building after being told there were even more twists after he read halfway through, got to one twist and said, this is too many twists. Right. There's just so many twists. And so, like, you're right. Is that might actually be what they mean? And that's just so funny to think about because they they already exhausted that. I feel like they've exhausted that angle for marketing. But. Everyone hated the last one so much. Maybe they think that like, well, what if we tell them that this one? No, really, this one has a really big one that will make sense. I mean, are we going to learn about the like wizard school in China? That'd be that'd be kind of cool. Maybe, maybe 
big asterisks on the maybe there. I, I mean, when, when you think about that, though, for like Ilvermorny or whatever, because the Fantastic Beasts movie, other than all of the extra stuff that is on Pottermore, which in my mind doesn't count because it's mm-hmm. not part of the text that you're looking at, right? Like, right. it's just, it's, it's, it's extraneous. It doesn't matter. Sure. Um, we learn about Ilvermorny and Fantastic Beasts 1, and it's just a conversation that is meaningless, right? Like two characters saying, I'm in house, whatever that you've never heard of. And yeah. Isn't, isn't it literally like, just oh, like, you went to Hogwarts and yeah, that's it. Which is honestly all it should be really like, like that's cute. Like just having like a school rivalry thing. Oh like, yeah. That, 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 that gives you what you need as opposed to, uh, I need to log in and update my flash player so I can find out if I'm in Puckwudgie or not. Right. And it is it, it is funny thinking about how much of that stuff has already been revealed, uh, and you know how 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 just how much like tertiary content is out there, and also thinking about how they also are trying to make you go to the movies to get that information. Like there's just it is Harry Potter in its in its like second life here is basically just a, a like a never ending info dump. Uh, and that is that that is uh, probably why the last movie failed so badly. And so it's interesting to see that they might just just be leaning into that. Yeah, you might say it's a half life, a cursed life. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yep. Just some just a little some little qu- little quotes for you. Just a little just a little, a little Harry Potter reference for us. It's a reference. I love when people get my Harry Potter references. <sighs> so good so satisfying let's make a reddit post about it yeah absolutely they want to dae love it when their co-host recognizes their <laughs> harry potter references <laughs> so yeah so that's that's that i do have uh one real quick uh ar- article i want to read that sort of came in the wake of this not because it has any new information but because it is just written a really delightful way mm-hmm. and i i'm curious i don't i can't tell if this is I've never heard of the digitalwise.com. Oh, um neither and I, I can't tell if this was a machine generated article or whether they just paid someone 10 cents to bash something out, but it is uh it is something. Fantastic Beast spectators were thinking to watch the next portion of movie over the end of 2020. The popular star Eddie Redmayne has lately stated that praised British author J.K. Rowling is still working on movie script of Fantastic Beasts 3s. Redmayne lately spoke about the imminent movie throughout his attending to the Toronto International Film Festival. The celebrity Mm. revealed that they are determined to begin filming at the start of 2020. Further, Redmayne told that the script was still on work. That's nothing. He was actually providing you nothing. He was trying to do that thing of talking about it and speaking nothing because of the scare of getting told off. But no, Mm -hmm. it was occurring and it's really interesting. Wonderful. Yeah, I agree. It was occurring and it was really interesting. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, we can't put it off any longer. We've certainly been reading it for long enough. We've finished fucking uh, Order of the Phoenix, book five. Yeah. Yeah. Confetti. Uh, how are you feeling i'm feeling good mm, i'm feeling good feeling fe- I, I, honestly earnestly i was very emotional when i finished it not because of the book but just like hey we finished book five like it, it really sneaks up on you 
Yeah, that, that's pretty wild. I I remember when we first started this this incredible project uh, of ours and feeling like this moment was so far away. Yeah. It's like, ah, oh, it's going to take forever and to, to be get fair, to the good stuff. <laughs> oh, the good stuff. That's true. Uh, the... To be fair, it is it is going to uh, uh, continue to take quite a while now that we are on one chapter and we now have uh, the remaining two Harry Potter books uh, being <laughs> the longest nightmare. I guess this was the longest technically, um, mm-hmm. but but uh, six and seven are are definitely no slouch in comparison. And uh, but it does feel like cr- like crossing a big a big hill, especially because I just don't know anything about five and six or uh, six and seven. Like like we're in book I read the least territory now. Mm, do you feel like um, going into the next one, we're kind of uh, doing a little bit of a, a Potterless impression? <sighs> My hair is not nearly as good as the Potterless guy. So well, yeah, well, it's it's tough to to reach heights like those um because <laughs> uh, i'm feeling a little bit like we're gonna be we're gonna be flying by the seat of our pants going to the into the next two I, I i feel like it's either gonna be that or it's all gonna come flooding back to me like like i i, I wonder if i'm going to open up book six and i'm gonna read the first chapter and i'm gonna like like it's going to be like when you try to access an app on your phone that you haven't used in a long time and it has to like re-download it all um, but it's gonna, mm-hmm. it's gonna be like that. Like I'm just gonna like reaccess all of that knowledge that has been shoved out of my brain into the archives or something. But I, I who knows? I, I yeah. I, I mean, I, I guess it's weird for me because I I listen to books one through five um, pretty much constantly um, as audio books. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my teen years, it was just like I, I went to sleep listening to them. Oh yeah. So me there too. is so much. Of all five of those books that I have just absolutely memorized, knowing back to front, and I was still kind of caught off guard by some of the stuff I had forgotten. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine six and seven, which I have both I've read both of those books once. I have seen the Half Blood Prince movie and I have watched Deathly Hallows Part One, but not this not the second <laughs> part. Yeah, we're, we're we're in uncharted territory now, uh, and it's uh, it's going to be exciting. But let's. Let's wrap this up. Let's tie it off with a neat little bow. Let's talk about the last chapter of book five. Wake yeah. Um, so this is chapter 38. It is called The Second War Begins. We start off. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we, we're starting off with the Daily Prophet article. Uh, and and boy, oh boy, that newspaper had to eat its words, huh? Uh, put, put their foot in their mouth uh, and publish an article about how like, uh, oh, Voldemort's actually back um and uh there's like an interview with Fudge in there um like d- declaring that and the 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 article is kind of a little backhanded about how like oh it's funny that Fudge says that Voldemort's back but just 2 weeks ago uh he said that that he wasn't um and and basically is taking the line that Harry was cool the whole time and it's back to fawning over the boy who lived and all of that um Harry, Ron, Hermione, Ginny, Luna, and Neville are all just kind of hanging out in the hospital wing reading that article um, while everyone other than Harry recovers um, from their mishaps at the Department of Mysteries. Um, And this is kind of where we get like a a checkup on the summary of the school. Um, And and it is just kind of like a rolling uh, summary of, you know, everything's back to normal. Dumbledore is back. He's back in his office. Um, 
uh, Flitwick cleared out the swamp that Fred and George left, but because it was so cool and epic, he left a little corner of the swamp there as a memorial. Um, and just like, you know, Filch is, is bummed out because he can't torture people anymore. Um, uh, so, so we get kind of that tied off like a neat little bow. Um, we also uh, get the like sitcom Ron saying the line like, whatever happened to Umbridge? And then they like turn uh, and we see Umbridge uh, who is in uh, a hospital bed uh, and and we find out that um, she's physically fine, but she's in shock and we don't know why. And um, Ron makes like a, you know, horse hoof noise with his mouth and she like panics and they all have a good, uh, you know, Star Trek original series laugh about that. Um, we also find out that Friends uh, going forward is going to co-teach with Trelawney uh, and also that Hermione is warmed up to divination. Um <laughs> And, and says something along the lines of like, oh, but divination, like, how can you say divination is bad when we know prophecies are real now? Um, and it's at that point with the prophecy coming up, uh, because and Hermione says like, too bad we never knew what was in that prophecy. And we, you know, Harry hasn't told them yet. He's not ready. And as soon as it kind of comes up, uh, Harry makes a hasty exit because he just can't kind of can't stand to be in there anymore. Uh, he goes to visit Hagrid. Uh, but on his way, he gets accosted by Malfoy, Crabbe, and Goyle. Um, and Malfoy is is pretty just like mask off at this point. Um, he's like, you know, my dad's a Death Eater. I love Voldemort. I'm going to kick your ass, Harry. Um, but before he can do that, um, and also he says, like, my dad is going to get out of Azkaban because the de- Dementors are going to leave. And Harry agrees. He's like, yeah, he will. But everyone knows he's an asshole now. Uh, before they can fight, Snape shows up and tries to take points away from Harry because um, Harry just doesn't give a shit anymore. And he's like, I was going to curse Malfoy. Um, but before and Snape like takes 10 points away and then looks at the the house points, uh, hourglasses and says like, oh, but you don't have any points left. But then McGonagall shows up and she says, oh, there's no house points. I'm going to give Gryffindor one million points. Um, But Snape is just like happy to see that she's okay, and is just like, okay, Professor McGonagall. Um, And we're happy that she's she's back from the hospital. Harry goes to Hagrid's. Um, He's looking a lot better. Um, The Grop thing has just mysteriously resolved. Trying not to editorialize here. Basically, (laughs) Hagrid's basically Hagrid says, well, Grop's doing a lot better now, so he's not beating me up. Um, Hagrid does try to talk to Harry about Sirius. a little bit, uh, but Harry just can't stand it. Like he's not ready to talk about it. Uh, so he makes an excuse and leaves. Um, and we get a kind of part where Harry is like sitting by the lake and thinking about how sad he is and feeling like it's his fault. And just, just kind of, he's in it right now. Um, and, uh, and he's also uh, pretty bummed out that he either has to like be a murderer or get murdered. Uh, that's a real bummer. Um, we kind of jump ahead and it's three days before the end of term um, and Hermione and Ron and the rest are all out of the hospital wing. Um, and we get a, another kind of like, uh, I, I don't know how to describe it. Um, an epic scene of Peeves chasing Umbridge out of the castle. Um, and, and nobody really like goes to help her and it's just, you know, wrapping that one up. Um, Harry goes to pack uh, for the end of term. Uh, and it's at this point where we get the scene of him discovering the mirror uh, that he hadn't unwrapped um, that was uh, that Sirius gave him. Uh, and he tries to contact Sirius. He's still pretty in denial about Sirius being gone, but obviously he doesn't appear in the mirror. It's very, very, it's a tearjerker for sure. Um, uh, Harry then has an idea as this is happening and tracks down nearly headless Nick um, and asks him about Sirius being a ghost. And he's filled with hope and he's like, surely Sirius will walk through the door any minute and he'll be a ghost and it'll all be great. But Nick kind of gets awkward and is like, um, you know, not he won't be a ghost um 
one, we find out the information that you have to be a wizard to be a ghost. And then also the second piece of information we get is that you have to not be ready to die or like not, you have to make a choice to stay uh, and that Sirius won't be a ghost. So that's a bummer for Harry. Um, but then as he's leaving and is feeling just kind of crestfallen about that, he runs into Luna, um, who is uh, trying to uh, find all of her stuff that's been stolen from her over the course of the year because she gets kind of bullied, but she's she's okay with it. Harry gets kind of mad on her behalf, but she's like, every everything, uh, I'm the Joker and everything that leaves me comes back eventually. Do you get it? Do you get it? Um, and uh, and then try not to editorialize. Um <laughs> And, no, uh, it's a fact. All <laughs> women in Harry Potter are the jo- are some form of the Joker. Right, exactly. Um, including so, you now. I, including me. I couldn't escape my fate. Um, <laughs> I will editorialize this summary. Um, and so uh, Luna and Harry have a discussion about Sirius dying because she's, you know, very knows what he's going through. And then we finally hear her story about why she can see the Thestrals. And it's because she saw her mom die um, from getting into something she shouldn't have gotten into i think we find out later that her name is pandora um and and that conversation makes harry feel better it kind of leaves off as luna saying like oh you shouldn't shouldn't be that sad we'll see them again eventually you heard you heard them beyond the veil uh, and he's like oh, okay and it's all it's like people that leave you return to you eventually do you get it um then we get on the train um to go to go home for the summer uh, and harry meets up with the dursleys but uh he uh, is accompanied by Moody, Tonks, Lupin, and the Weasleys, uh, the Weasley parents, and then also Fred and George, who have bought some some very cool dragon skin suit jackets. Uh, and they tell the Dursleys that they better not be mean to Harry or they're going to come kick their ass. And that's the end of the book. We've said so many times reading this book that these chapters often feel like TV episodes. This is maybe the strongest case for just like, this, this just feels like a, a wrap-up episode of a season. Harry's just going around and tying everything off. And it, it, it honestly, in some ways, it kind of works worked for me in that regard. But it, it has, has some has some stuff in it for sure. Yeah, I think this is a one we could take like a scene at a time almost. Yeah, like starting with the hospital scene, which is 90 percent really good and cute until uh, Ron becomes a, a psychopath. But uh <laughs> The rest yeah, of it, I, I really liked. Uh, I, I it always feels like a bummer because I feel like we've had this these sorts of moments come up uh, a few times mm-hmm. in Order of the Phoenix, which is these really, really good friend moments. Yeah. And they're cute and they build an atmosphere and, and there is like some some parts in here where it just sounds like cute and cozy and I get back in touch with um, whatever that is about Harry Potter, that glimmer that I think is a huge part of the appeal of the books, which is like, I wish I was there. I wish I had gone to Hogwarts and I wish that I was sitting with my friends and, and reading the newspaper and shooting the shit, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's it's like, I wish there was more of that and I wish this book wasn't so bogged down with all this other bullshit constantly yeah like like there are there's a there's a like one even one page in particular of this scene or right after the daily prophet article it's just like a wall of uh um dialogue and there's barely any dialogue tags but you know who is speaking every you know and every every line and it's it really just goes to show like when this book is on when this series is on the 
character dialogue is just like impeccable, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, like just it's good. Like, yeah, it's good. Like, like, like the voice is strong. The characters are easily identifiable. The like, it, 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 it's funny. It's light. It has just like it's so full of personality. Like it's it, it, it like like you say it's cozy. It feels good to read. I, uh, Ginny, Ginny, watch alert. Um, I like Ginny in this scene. Yeah, yeah. She she uh she has a character here, or at least like slots into these conversations in a way where I'm like, ah, that's Ginny. That's Ginny's I'm, contribution. I'm trying to remember what happens where someone says something and and Harry and Ginny share a look and kind of laugh to themselves and it feels so natural and and I don't mean in like a rom- like a romantic like oh these they're going to have a crush on each other they're going to get together but just like an organic friend moment yeah that it's, they have it, together it's it's on that page the Hermione seemed to struggle with herself for a moment and then said that sounds lovely Ginny caught Harry's eye and looked away quickly grinning like it's just like them acknowledging something wordlessly like an in-joke between yeah, them about it's... their friend hermione who yeah. is also having this moment of growth about luna like yeah. like this is hermione getting back in touch with the character that she should be which is someone who doesn't have a lot of emotional intelligence <laughs> or or like values saying what's like correct instead of like what is nice sometimes mm-hmm. and is overcoming that yeah it's a great moment it's a great little moment like yeah it's it's this this is this scene right here is harry potter firing on all cylinders this hospital scene just does like does a really good job of just like being the part of harry potter i remember loving and identifying with like when i was reading them as a teen right like it's just really just really just like pitch perfect character uh characters interacting with each other and feeling like different characters like like you say like like this scene with Hermione, Ginny and Harry, it's just like one snapshot of a moment and it and it just it speaks volumes about all three characters. It's great. I even like the stuff about like uh like Flitwick keeping a little section of Fred and George's swamp as a shrine to them. Like that's kind of funny too. There's some great little de- details here. Yeah, I I think that there just needs to be more of this to really buoy the conflicts because I I think I've said many times when stuff comes up uh, with these characters that I don't understand why I should care. And the answer is this, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I also wish I, I, I was reading this and just thinking about like all the drama that's in this book. Mm-hmm. And I wish that some of the drama had carried this same nuance. Um, Like th- this is like a little brief fan service scene more or less. Right. But it like it, it it has such a especially after reading like i read this chapter after we finished reading looking for alaska and just like <laughs> getting kind of way more authentic seeming like teenage dialogue was so refreshing but i wish that the scenes of conflict and like like argument that happened in this book of which there are fucking too many to count were written in the same way if you know what i mean Mm-hmm. like whenever like we've we've made the joke so many times because it's fucking true every time harry is set off in this book he he gives his his first blood speech every single time and it's so ridiculous <laughs> and i just wish that the, those scenes of conflict could have been 
more like this because th- this feels authentic. Like all the ca- dialogue is very snappy. It's brief. You know, there there's a lot of dialogue, but each character's contribution is like, you know, one or two sentences at most. Uh, and it just feels like a natural conversation. And I feel like, you know, everyone starts monologuing when they get into the arguments. And I really wish that that it just would have, I don't know, maintained this 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 tone throughout. Yeah, for sure. Should we talk about Ron? Yeah, let's talk about Ron. Let's, let's talk well, about... and Umbridge, I suppose. Yeah, Ron and Umbridge, like where, where this truly goes off the rails, uh, unfortunately, which is a, a real bummer because I was enjoying this scene so much. I was kind of on the fence about the centaur thing still, and I'm not anymore. Oh, about like what it was? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I, I mean, the book really wants to have it be the worst thing you can think of without saying what it is. Mm-hmm. Which isn't great. Especially because we had a whole character like showdown between Dumbledore and Voldemort about, oh, there's things worse than death. Like, really? Yeah, you can't have centaurs carry someone off uh, to to do something too and then have them be back and be traumatized but not injured you can't and you can't like squeak by on that being absolutely uh, ambiguous yeah because it's extremely not it's extremely not ambiguous it's super gross and ron is a monster in this scene yeah he's just like like this is this is so i mean like it's tough i mean like like the 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 umbridge scene that happens after this too, where she gets chased out of the the castle, and it is described as Peeves like literally beating her with a, a a walking stick or whatever. It is it is so difficult to. I've had such a hard time with like like squaring the criticism of the way Umbridge is portrayed in this book because I mean on on the one hand, like she is abjectly evil, right? Like she is she is just uh in 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 many scenes revealed to be like the more mundane and relatable adult evil uh mm-hmm. you know she's she's racist she's uh she is domineering she is uh like trying to impose uh this like fascist worldview that the ministry has hired her for like onto onto these children and so I'm certainly not out here saying like, oh, this book is really mean to Umbridge. Like they should have all made up at the end. Like, like I don't want to come off like like that. But at the same time, there's enough ambiguity in her portrayal and the politics of this book where it it just feels so nasty and and cruel and and you know and not in a way that fits with the narrative to have her big comeuppance be like being physically beaten by a ghost and raped by centaurs like that's just like it just it is it, there's no getting around how uncomfortable it feels when especially when like the, the like twist with umbridge or at least like the attempted twist before you know kind of undermined by the fact that we saw that she was at the um the wazengamot trial and and is kind of kind of reveals her hand with the torture stuff right off the bat but like the 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 initial twist with her was like oh everyone's just being mean to her because she likes pink and is grandmotherly and is a is an ugly woman right like Mm -hmm. like that that feels different from like 
I don't know. Like, I don't feel any remorse when Darth Vader zaps the emperor a million times and, and throws him down a hole. Right. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying that they should have, like, been nice to the emperor after knocking him over. But this doesn't have I don't know, like this, this, this doesn't. It's not good. I I, I don't know how to I, I really don't know how to like I've been really wrestling with this one a lot. I don't know. It feels very disturbing, especially when it comes in. It, it it is brought up in a way where we are supposed to be laughing at her. Yes. In what I I described in my summary as, I, and I don't know how else to describe it as like the ending of an original Star Trek episode where like Kirk and Spock do their ha ha ha. Like there's like a one liner and they laugh. Yeah. And and I and also I think it, it it certainly does not help that you know as we discussed at length in the actual chapter where she was dragged off is that this was all in surface of a weird like attempt at being woke about the centaurs and like the the wizarding beast of human relations, but it, but like the 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 grand conclusion of this story of like uh, oh umbridge thinks half breed is prejudiced against all these half breed creatures well they'll prove her wrong by doing exactly what she thinks they do question mark like like i i don't know just just there's many many layers to this and none of them are good yeah um i also would just like to use this scene as a um a good example of why I sometimes I, I take issue with the read that Order of the Phoenix is like a sensitive and um like what like well portrayed um story about PTSD. Mm -hmm. Like you can't you can't be both. You can't you can't be that and also hinge a, a, a laugh line on on making fun of someone with ptsd right i mean i guess that's really like um kind of the moral through line of this is that like it, it's it's bad when it happens to the good guys and it's good when it happens to the bad guys i'm skipping ahead a little bit but um i am i really liked the scene I guess it is kind of the next scene after, which is where Harry is talking to Malfoy. Yeah. Um, and Malfoy's dad is, is going to torture prison. Um, but that's, that's good. Cause he's the bad guy. Um, mm -hmm. And I think torture prison is bad, but that <laughs> isn't the, this, that isn't the lesson that we are right. supposed to take from this story about a man dying whose life was taken from him from being in torture prison for 13 years. <laughs> right. Right. The, the, I mean, this is, this is so endemic in all of Harry Potter, but the system is never the problem, right? Uh, it was Sirius got thrown in jail because of bad actors, but the jail itself is not a problem. The jails, the jail's not a problem. Uh, it's a bummer that he got thrown into torture prison without a trial, but if he had gotten a trial, then it would have worked uh, because the system works, uh, right. except when the system allows someone to go to torture prison without trial. 
Um, <laughs> right, right. But the truth always comes out in the end is is what we learn. Right. I mean, like the, the, the Daily Prophet stuff at the beginning of this chapter is the same way. I mean, the, the, the entire ludicrous uh, uh, conclusion of the uh, the ministry subplot in this book being like, oh, no, they really were innocently dumb and just like didn't know Voldemort was back. But then they saw him waddling away and they were like, well, fuck, that's the lizard guy. We can't can't deny that. I was wrong. Guess we'll write a nice newspaper article about Harry Potter being brave or whatever. It's like, mm, like, okay. It was so, yeah. <sighs> so the system was not at fault. It was just lacking some key information. If they had that information by golly, they do the right thing. Um, I, I do want to touch on a little bit before we actually move on to that scene, which is where Hermione says the absolutely absurd line. How can, how can you, not believe in divination now that you know prophecies exist <laughs> uh we got a lot of tweets after our last episode reminding us that apparently one of the first things dumbledore tells harry in book six is that uh prophecies are actually entirely subjective and don't mean anything which I is really that i refuse <laughs> i refuse is... to believe this information which is really funny considering the entire book this book hinged on that being important and, and it's also very literal. It's very, very literal. And also uh, Hermione, I, I, I will say as, as stupid as that line is, I kind of like Hermione having this like, I guess it wouldn't be a come to Jesus moment. It would be a, a, a come come to Delphine moment where she realizes. Okay, that but you can't do because like, why? Why? You can't. Why didn't she know divination was real when she found out magic was real? <laughs> Hermione. The, the distinct, yes, the distinction between what magic is and isn't real is so funny in this series constantly. Like the or the idea of like what people consider ludicrous and not ludicrous. Like like oh divination that's just looking at a bunch of tea leaves. Like as opposed to like anything else. Like they have an astronomy class which apparently is magic related that no one has gone like. Does this fucking work? Like does this. What is this for? What are we doing with the stars, huh? That's fine. But the tea, that's that's just beyond the pale. That's just stupid. Are the prophecies a secret? Like, I know that they're in the Department of Mysteries, but does the average wizard know that know what prophecies are? Like, right. Do they, under, do they know yeah. about this? Like, that is a weird one, because for, for all of this book's, um, like attempts to be like an interesting spy novel set in a wizard world it doesn't really ever like try to deal with the fact or paint any sort of picture of what the wider wizard populace thinks of the department like you know we don't know everything that happens at the fbi but we know the fbi exists and and does stuff right yeah like you know, I don't quite understand what the 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 parallel with the Department of Mysteries like like is 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 saying like, hey, the Department of Mysteries, you know, they, they have orbs there that if the wrong person touches the orb, they die. But if the right person takes the right orb <laughs> off the shelf and they crack the orb like egg, uh, it'll tell them some shit about them. Like, is is that is that just like an accepted like open secret in the wizarding world or is that like. Is that like me being the lead singer Blink-182 being like, you know, I have this video of a UFO from a from a flare camera on a fighter jet and no one believes me. And it's like more contentious. Like, like what, 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 what do we 
What are we dealing with here? Can we zoom out and talk about what the Department of Mysteries is? Because it seems more like an academic That's true. Uh, branch. Because they're not even just like, what are these mysteries? They're like, we are studying what love is. And this, and my coworker, this other unspeakable, is studying what death is. It's the metaphors department. It is the metaphors department. What's up with that? Oh, speaking of, we 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 glossed over the funniest line in this whole chapter, which is uh, which is Madame Pomfrey telling Ron that he's gonna have to <laughs> he's gonna have to rub some ointment on the on the tentacle scars because sometimes thoughts leave the longest the, the deepest impression on people oh weird i wonder what that tells us about umbridge <laughs> you can't do that <sighs> yeah just just bizarre um i you know what for for as funny as it is that they're just arguing about whether or, or not it's good to send the other guys to to torture hell I think that the uh, the Harry and Malfoy and Snape scene is like just fucking excellent. I really liked that segment. It's really cute. Um, Snape's not mean. Snape rocks. That is my biggest revelation reading these books again is that he's really just not that mean. <laughs> so much. I, I, I firmly believe that so much of it is just like from Harry's perspective. Like he he's like seems genuinely happy to see McGonagall here. Yeah, like like he he uses it. Uh, is this the first time we've ever seen Snape with an exclamation mark? Like, uh, probably like like I, I, that was something I noticed where he's like, oh, Professor McGonagall said Snape striding forward Saint, out of St. Mungo's. I see like he just seems genuinely happy here. Uh, and, you know, I know obviously that they're order allies, but like they're ma- they're in a situation where they are like maintaining cover here. I, they're just kind of frenemies. They're they're colleagues. I like I like their relationship a lot. Yeah, it's it's cute. And also, this is another moment where it is extremely obvious that Snape is showing up to help Harry. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because also, I love there's 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 like a subtle dig here. I feel at Malfoy in that he he only values Harry threatening to kill him as like a ten point offense. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to subtract 10 points for you telling me that you were going to curse Malfoy. Like, like that's that's pretty good. He's just so very obviously a good guy here. Um, yeah. And, and, he, and he is, like, nice to McGonagall and is clearly, like, very pleased that she's back. And honestly, doesn't seem that mad about the house points either. It's weird that we got this uh, house points moment, but we never got, um, like, who won. Yeah. No. I don't care. Just yeah. to be clear, but but it is just kind of funny. <laughs> but it just it just it, it, I like I, I like that just because it, it 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 serves the purpose it should, which is to be showing you how the characters behave about it. Right. Um, and I, I yeah, you're right. Also, like Snape doesn't seem all that pissed about it because he, he says what snap Snape though Harry knew he had heard perfectly well, and then he just goes, "Oh well, I suppose." <laughs> like he's not. He's good. He's good. He's not. He's not. I'm never going to get one of those Snape jerseys. I have been combing the online you will. everywhere. I believe. Uh, they were, I just don't think anyone that bought one is going to be willing to part with it. I don't think you make a purchase like that and then change your mind. <sighs> you will. I believe. I, I believe one day we we will find you a Snape jersey. <laughs> I watched a YouTube video review of it. Oh, what? I didn't yeah. see that. Oh, you got to send me that. <laughs> 
I will. That's it's so, very good. That's so blessed. Yeah, no. Snape Snape is, is Snape is the best character in this book is my new is my new opinion. Uh he I it was I think it was serious before his story kind of sputtered out, no pun intended. Um <laughs> but I I love the way that like Snape has been portrayed in this book as both like extremely petty you know like he he's still obviously holding a teenage grudge uh, against Sirius and uh and James who is not even alive anymore um but it is it is remarkable like watching him for as much as like people people are always giving him shit for like keeping that grudge throughout the whole book series but he's not really he's all he's constantly putting it aside like he's helped Harry so many times in this book alone uh like it's and also while being nowhere near as like cruel to him as like the the kind of collective memory of snape is which is which is weird because i'm I'm certainly not saying snape has never been cruel in this series there's that part in 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 three where he like makes fun of hermione's teeth uh that's like really fucking mean yeah that's pretty fucked up and then there's the other fucked up part where he spends an entire class uh basically insinuating that he's going to murder neville's pet. <laughs> yeah that's pretty fucked up um i don't think that he was going to and in fact didn't um he is definitely a mean teacher um if he were a real person it would be reprehensible right yeah. like you yeah. don't treat kids that way but that's just not how i'm evaluating a character who is fun to read in Harry Potter right. wizard school. But, but, but like he does, it, it's, it's, it's interesting watching him constantly be, being there for Harry when, and, and I don't think this is bad writing to be clear. I think this is actually like one of, one of like the strongest character relationships in this book is that Harry does not see that and can't let it go. And is constantly going like, I fucking hate Snape. I'll never forgive him. He always has it out for me. And he's just like not recognizing Snape's behavior ever. It's it's really entertaining. I think there was it happened in this this uh, little part here, too, where it's like um, with Harry, Snape will say something pretty medium, right? Like a pretty mild statement. And Harry, it'll immediately cut to Harry being like, I fucking hate this guy's guts. Like, I can't yeah. even stand him. And it's 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 really um fun to read and it makes harry's angst fun in a way that it usually isn't yeah it's a really it's a really good dynamic it's they they have just a just a, 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 a not even free because mcgonagall and snape are frenemies harry and snape oh, are, yeah. are straight up enemies but like snape will all always ultimately do the right thing by harry whether harry realizes it or not and like that is a it it, it is so funny to be reading the story from Harry's perspective where his read on Snape is like, I can't believe how fucking immature this Snape guy is. <laughs> it's just like, he's like, he, Snape is always like just setting his grudge aside and helping him out. Whereas Harry would never, ever fucking do this for him. I also just, I like that he's there. He He's because, and Harry doesn't put that together that like, he's getting in a fight with Malfoy and literally every time Snape just like turns the corner and is like, what's up? You know, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. He's, he is, a, he has a watchful guardian. He has a dark night and it's Snape. That's wonderful. Um, then we get the, 
I will say, so I don't think the Hagrid scene itself is that great. Uh, I'm so pissed. Because it's just a lampshade for the grop shit, mostly. I'm so, I'm so pissed. Go you off. can't do this. You cannot, you cannot spend the entire book being like, Hagrid is being beat up by his, his little brother that he's hiding in the woods. And he's just like, has horrible sores all over his face. He's putting raw meat on his face. And he just can't get through to this, uh, this person that, that he clearly doesn't have, like, his best interest at heart. Um, or, or doesn't like respect that and has taken him out of his home against his wishes. He's kidnapped this person who we are supposed to think of as a person, I think, and then have Harry go to his house and be like, uh, actually, actually, it's fine now. We've had a breakthrough. He's fine now. This is good. He's going to be there for the Battle of Hogwarts. He will be be serving uh, the purpose <laughs> of throwing rocks at the castle in the Battle of Hogwarts. <laughs> you can't do that. It's why, what was the purpose of Grop? What was the fucking point of any of that shit in this book? It sucked so much, too. It, it was boring so and it sucked. Bad. It, it It's so funny, too, because I, I still will maintain that I think that the story about him and Madame Maxine's uh, giant mission was great. That was I, such a cool moment of fantasy writing that I don't think we ever get in this in these books. No. Yeah, it's 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 really unique. It paints a really fascinating picture of like a different part of the wizarding world. Uh it like hints at like a broader like body politic in this world. It's great. And I it should have just been that. It should have just been like a a world building chapter, right? This the fact that it then had to be a a hint that actually he had he had also brought back a giant who is going to be a useless character for a few chapters and then disappear for a book until he comes back to be a, a catapult in the Battle of Hogwarts is just so stupid. It's horrible. It's, it's horrible. Re- it's I really it. bad. Uh, so so like I said, I I don't think the the Hagrid scene is is good at all it's also really awkward and, and and not in like i mean like i know it's supposed to be awkward for harry because his haggard keeps on bringing up serious but i mean like to, to, not to be on my my it's like an rpg bullshit but it is so funny to me that harry like wanders down there goes in like has one sip of juice and then go then chooses i should be going like just after like like two lines of conversation and like leaves <laughs> You just we just kind of like didn't get anything there. Um, but I will say I there is a moment as he is leaving both the moment when he's like walking to the, the hut and when he's leaving the hut that I really liked. Uh, Harry, we, we got like some good moments of like Harry's interiority, I think, like like him, him, him thinking about like his place in the world and like the state of the war now, like I thought that stuff was kind of interesting. Yeah, I think it was well done. Um, I think that I have been so back and forth about his interiority in this book because sometimes it's just like so good and sometimes it is so insane (laughs) and just like I don't know where it's coming from. Um, This was really good um, through no fault of the novel Order of the Phoenix. I had a really hard time reading this chapter right after reading a John Green book. (laughs) Um, yeah, yeah. I, I talked about this on our bonus episode uh, about looking for Alaska, but I, I do want to bring it up here um, only because 
it is relevant to this because I I went into this chapter remembering how I felt when I read this for the first time. Uh, I guess I don't know how old I would have been. When did Order of the Phoenix come out? 2003. Okay, so I would have been like 13. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember reading this chapter and sobbing, just being like, oh, this is so painful. All the tearjerker moments of Harry, like thinking about how sad he is. And then the like Luna stuff and the, you know, the talking to Nick and having the hope that he could be a ghost and all this stuff. So I was curious now reading this, how it would affect me. And I feel like I kind of cheated myself out of that experience, like an authentic emotional experience with this novel, just by virtue of reading John Green's brooding novel about <laughs> death, like twenty minutes before I yeah this. yeah I mean I I I I don't know if I'm counting the Nick scene in this. I have some other thoughts about that one, but there's I there's a specific moment in in his walk back to the castle that I really like, which is is just such a good descriptor of like wanting to be alone. The this the the scene where it says. Uh, Harry crossed to the door as fast as he could and pulled it open. He was out in the sunshine again before Hagrid had finished saying goodbye and walked across the lawn. Once again, people called out to him as he passed. He closed his eyes for a few moments, wishing they would all vanish so he could open his eyes and find himself alone in the grounds. Like, that's just a really good piece of setup, I think. Yeah. Like, like that's a that's a really affecting... And in in a way that is, like, it's describing, a, a like, a broader feeling, I think uh mm-hmm. um in a way that i really appreciate where you can you can kind of like that's just like general malaise for harry right like he's not he's not thinking about any one specific thing he's just there there's too much going on and he just wants it all to stop um and then when it sort of transitions into wait a minute there's ghosts here that's where it kind of falls apart for me a little bit i don't know harry's very observant harry yeah i <sighs> I guess we should talk about the mirror first before the before the ghost thing, because um, this is like a this is like one of the arguments about this book is the is the mirror breaking scene. Right. It's like, oh, how could he do this? He should have used the mirror earlier. How could he forget? And like like I. I think that the this scene is pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the, there's like that palpable sense of like hope, like hoping it's hope here when he finds the mirror and like reads the note. And like the horrible kind of dramatic irony of, of the whole situation. Like, like I think this is super good. Um, I, I feel for him. I, I like, I, I, I don't, I don't know why the mirror thing has become such a flashpoint for arguments about this. Well, what do you, what do you feel about this? Like, like, how did you feel about the, that, that, this ending for the mirror? I think I think it's a I think it's a good tearjerker scene. I don't think it I don't think it dwells on it too much, but is an appropriate level of kind of tragedy for the scope of this book. Yeah, um, I'm still pretty much in the camp of like, yeah, that was the point, yes. right? And I think yeah, that it, it widely um, says something about Harry's character. The thing that I come back to a lot is the, um, uh, like, I think this is a mishandled theme of the book, which is Harry. Um, wanting to take action and not seeking help or input from other people right um i think that the way it's really mishandled is with the da like i just don't think that that's um i don't think it comes through very well with him being like rambo teacher mm-hmm. um but but the like objects that i i will pin this on is um 
Harry choosing to use the choosing to use and remembering to use the um the universal knife lock pick thing that Sirius gave him and forgetting about the mirror because I I just mm. think that like he and that's like the lesson he has to learn and I think it does a pretty good balancing act of saying that this is a flaw in Harry's character that he is going to use the lock pick knife. Uh, but he's not going to use the mirror to reach out to other people. Um, and and in that way, you know, a consequence of that is that Sirius died. But at the same time, it is not his fault, right? Like he right. didn't kill Sirius. So I think that I, I'm, I like that the mirror stuff is, I think, communicates all of that, but is relatively understated. But I think that it is as a result of it being understated why it is misunderstood so much by the yeah. fandom and people talking about the book because so much else happening in these is so literal and is told to you you are bashed over the head with it so i think that this one could was just like missed by a lot of people yeah i i i agree with all of that i think i think my one criticism of the mirror is basically that when harry first contacted sirius in the fireplace sirius should have said hey use your fucking mirror or at least like even Harry didn't after that. Right. Like mm -hmm. I, I at least would have liked Sirius to prod him on that in that scene. Um, but other than yeah. that, no, I, I think, I think you're spot on. I think, I think it's, I, I, I think it serves its purpose well in the story. Yeah. I think that scene was just really bad. Yes. <laughs> like the, 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 them, the him contacting Sirius scene. And I, I am struck by how bizarre that scene was, especially with like Lupin being there and sitting there and then going and getting Sirius and the pacing was really weird. And yeah. then it cut off at the last minute, but you're right. Um, I think that that scene either needed to have more urgency and more of a misunderstanding between them that would explain away kind of why that wouldn't come up. Mm-hmm. Or just needed to be restructured. Yeah, just even if it was like as they were leaving, like Sirius going like, you know, you didn't have to like do you didn't you didn't have to sneak into this room. You can just open that thing I gave you like like right. and then have Harry double down on like, nope, won't be doing that. This was a one off thing or something like that. That would have been fine. Um, but yeah, that's like what my one criticism of the mirror. But I, I, I think that this scene is really affecting um, what is less affecting to me is nearly headless Nick and this bizarre multi-page attempt to try and lampshade the way death is treated in this in this series hmm. uh only wizards can be ghosts only wizards. okay so so yeah the the <laughs> What's up with that? What's up with with all of this? this uh, is... Do muggles not have souls? Is that what it's telling me? What, <laughs> what what's going on? That doesn't seem like the message. M muggles are all just ready to die. <laughs> muggles are all just ready to go at a moment's notice. Unlike wizards, who have more to live for because they can do magic. Yeah, no, it's it's absurd. It's it's it's. Why so... even put that in there, though? Why put any of this in in there? Like, like it, it, this is, this is so, this feels like, th th okay, this is, this is the best way I can think about, about this bizarre chapter or this, this segment is this is a Pottermore article in a book. Like, like this is like, you know how so many Pottermore articles are kind of written to like patch over some things that were either unanswered or kind of felt like plot holes or, or, or like lore inconsistencies. She kind of went back in and plugged stuff up later with, with these articles, but this feels like it's doing that mid story. 
because I I don't think it's it's bad to have Harry remember there are ghosts and hope that Sirius will come back as one. Um, but having this bizarre scene where like Nick just like really lays it out for him like a wikipedia article on on ghosts is both really silly but also like i think damaging to uh like the inherent mystery of like there being ghosts in harry potter right like i wonder if she regrets putting ghosts in harry potter yeah no kidding I and mean, we like we've we've talked about this before but like the the there are so many ways to contact the dead in harry potter that selling a character <laughs> death as being permanent is difficult and like I, and to be clear i don't think that it is necessarily bad there are lots of good stories where ghosts are possible or you know whatever that like do a decent job of like like still keeping the stakes reasonable but but this is what's weird about this to me is not even so much that like the ghosts are real but they have a convenient excuse for why Sirius wouldn't be one it's that they're having this whole conversation 10 pages after harry was in a room full of paintings that are alive yeah like (laughs) Like, I don't understand why his his big revelation is like, oh, right. There was a ghost that I hung out with in the second book and not I was literally just in a room where Dumbledore was talking to like 30 dead guys in paintings. I I think it's really hard because it feels like we're moving backwards um, because we've already dealt with this with Harry. We've already dealt with Mira Merced and having Harry's greatest desire to have his parents see him and yeah. be with them and he learned in literally the first book that death is okay that the worst thing you can do is to try to not die right like right i mean it's like we've already we've already figured that out so to have him have this moment of like oh i just remembered there are ghosts just feels like moving moving like 10 steps backwards like like to me i like not not to pres- not to prescribe but like i I'm not even against him like talking to nearly headless Nick about this, but I almost feel like it should have, there's ways to write this scene where he like, he does all the same stuff, but it doesn't feel like a, like a um, hasty info dump. Like I would have, there's that part where like he sees Nick and Nick is like, uh Oh, I know what you're about to ask me. Like the scene kind of should have just ended there. I think like, like Harry look comes up to Nick looking hopeful and Nick is just like, well, sorry Uh, nope like like that would have been fine i think um having it drag out into this bizarre extra long conversation just like it it, in in attempting to cover up something of a plot hole i suppose it raises way too many more questions like like the one you keep on asking which is 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 the one the biggest one which is like how come only wizards can be ghosts why what does that mean what does that mean is it because they know about ghosts and you can only be a ghost if you know about ghosts is is Lots of muggles think ghosts are real so is it their ma- is it their like magic imprint like is it their magic power like what is it what why can only wizards be ghosts like i i that's 
it's very silly and then but then they they also layer that on top with the the like more common like oh the more folkloric answer which is like ghosts are uh are people who weren't ready to leave or whatever right which i think that works in a um you know in like a a, a horror movie about a vengeful ghost that was murdered in a house or whatever but it's kind of like does that just mean that like most wizards are just fucking ready to go since ghosts i guess aren't all that common like like they're just they're just cool with it because like wouldn't there be aren't we like 10 years out from from a massive war where a bunch of wizards were murdered or are there just armies of ghosts hanging out they were like hey i was fucking murdered by voldemort the snake man i guess they were just all ready to rock like i don't i don't really get it, it raises more in attempting to answer one question it raises like 10 others and it's really sloppy i think yeah it's a it's a kind of bizarre thing to to bring attention to i i why why can only wizards be ghosts? Why can only wizards be ghosts and why if if Harry really is on this like manic quest to like 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 figure out anything that could potentially bring Sirius back to him, why does he then not go go like, well then fuck you nearly headless Nick and run up to Dumbledore's office and be like, "Hey, paint me Sirius right now." Like it, it at least cover all the bases in that case, right? I'm reading the wiki about ghosts. Ooh, the Harry Potter wiki. Hoping, is... ho- yeah, yeah, hoping for some some new info, some ghost knowledge, some ghost info. Transparent, limited physical influence. A ghost is the transparent, three dimensional imprint of a deceased witch or wizard, which continues to exist in the mortal world. Muggles cannot come back as ghosts, and the wisest witches and wizards choose not to. Oh. oh. It is those with unfinished business, whether in the form of fear, guilt, regrets, or overt attachment to the material world who refuse to move on to the next dimension. As a result, ghosts know nothing about the afterlife, and some later come to regret that they became ghosts instead of moving on. Mm-hmm. They're, in, they're in limbo, you could say. Depending on the conditions of the person's soul, they may not be able to return as Tom Riddle's self-mutilated soul is trapped in limbo for eternity and no. cannot become oh, okay. a ghost. You could literally say they're in <laughs> Fuck. Shit. i've learned nothing no ghost shit um in the video game harry potter quidditch world cup a ghost named edgar clog hunts haunts the quidditch pitch and provides coaching what edgar (laughs) clog that's such a good name according to the wombat ghosts may have the ability to move liquid or gas uh okay sure edgar clogs all right i'm just looking up this guy Edgar Cloggs was a ghost who was often found hanging around the Quidditch pitch for as long as anyone could remember. He was willing to help the Quidditch teams practice. <laughs> this guy rocks. Did he die in a Quidditch accident? I don't know. Let's see. He said he, uh, he just wanted to keep playing Quidditch. It had the love of the game kept him around. Harry states that he is the youngest seeker in a century. If this statement is supposed to be taken literally, Edgar Cloggs cannot be younger than 12 at the time he died. As he was what dead by 1892 and was already playing Quidditch. Are okay. you te- Wait, I, did he die playing Quidditch, though? I, I, I have it, to know. It doesn't say, I don't think. Let me... I believe that to be true. But I really like they say, like, well, he couldn't be younger than 12 when the picture of him that I'm looking at, he has a full mustache and beard. <laughs> <laughs> I love FanWiki so much. Okay, let's, let's, let's keep trucking because we've got to talk about... 
Uh, I guess we, we we talked about the Umbridge stuff, huh? It sucks. It's it, it it's garbage. It's bad. Wait, but there. What, what about the Toad? I'm sorry. I'm going to talk oh. about ghosts forever. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Let's do it. What about the, the Toad? The ghosts Edmund Grubb, the Black Knight, and the Toad were cut from final drafts. You telling me? You telling me that Muggles can't be ghosts, but Toads? But, but can. a Toad can. <laughs> Well, I guess I guess he was cut, but I guess it got cut because it's like the lore. The lore is wrong, but she did talk about him on Pottermore. The toad was an animal ghost at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. It repeatedly left ectoplasm all over the school classrooms. Oh, that's right. The, the, the toad was the one that just left goop everywhere. We did talk about this a long time ago. I love the toad. Bring the toad back. I love the toad. OK, I'm going to stop talking about ghosts now. <laughs> No, no. Oh, starting our new ghost podcast, Ghost Talk. I love it. Um, okay, so so Peeves Peeves uh, chases Umbridge out of the castle, beating her over the head with a stick. That's really funny. Ha-ha. Everyone get everyone runs out of the school. The 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 music from like the Sherlock scene, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock. It's the wedding scene where they use that crazy camera trick to like show the three sixty still image <laughs> of of uh, Mary and um, yeah. Watson getting married. All that music is playing. It's like da 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 da, da. and everyone's like running out of the school. They're cheering. Umbridge is getting beat over the head with a stick or whatever. It's a good time. Everyone's just having a a, a good ass time. Speaking of like uh, oddly uncomfortable depictions of violence, the scene like right after this, where they're on the train, they're heading, they're on the Hogwarts Express, heading back home. Uh, and when Crab and Goyle and Malfoy get jumped by the DA, and <laughs> it describes them as just like looking unrecognizable after they'd been hexed and jinxed so much is really a, a lot. Like I know that the order is going to show up at this kids' houses over the summer and they're going to get arrested for like felony assault. <laughs> what <laughs> can you just do that <laughs> again? Like I'm not saying like oh they shouldn't they shouldn't fight uh, 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 Malfoy and, and and the other the other Nazi kids, but it is it is quite a gruesome description. Like it just, it feel it's just like I mean we're just pinballing around from like cartoon logic Harry Potter stuff. I mean it's like right you know yeah to like this like uh, this other very serious story and it's it's just hard it's hard to to deal with those two things existing next to each other right especially because i think here's maybe my core complaint with this stuff is not so much that i'm like against showing like retributional violence in stories and more to the fact that it feels weird in a story that i know at the end of the day is a like we all got to come together and get along kind of thing. Like I'm bothered by it because it is incongruous with the story I know is trying to be told. Right. Uh, that, and it's like not even a scene that we really see, you right. know, we don't see the violence of it. We, we don't uh, like whether it's justified or, or good or bad or, right. or whatever the story wants to tell us about it. It is, it is an offhand, like uh, kind of, like reference to something that happened that we didn't see it's so it gag. doesn't ever yeah. reckon with what happened right it's it's a silly it's a silly haha gag um and then and then we get the final confrontation between the order and the dursleys wow epic 
I say epic way too much. I think today is the day that I declare I'm going to stop saying it. Mm. It's over. Mm. I'm not saying it anymore because otherwise I'm going to start using it sincerely. Okay. I'm going to hold you to this because I feel like you not saying epic is going to be like when I said, I'm going to say the intro right every time. And Mm. and then did not ever. I just think I've said it like 12 times today between between recording two episodes. I've I've said epic about 20 times. Well, we I mean, we we just read a John Green book and we're ending a Harry Potter book. So I feel like if there's any place where it's appropriate to talk about things being ironically epic and cool, that's kind of not. You're so right, but it's over. I'm 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 closing this <laughs> closing this chapter in ending Order of the Phoenix. Um, I'm I'm gonna move on from from this word that's been been keeping me down. Okay, all right, we'll see. <laughs> but I I don't know. I thought this I thought this scene was cute. It was it, I I at least appreciate that. Um, we I mean like like granted like this has always been like a, a plot point in the story and like was revealed to be necessary by dumbledore but i am glad that like finally someone is saying something to the dursleys about how they treat harry like there's i got some satisfaction out of that scene it's cute oh definitely yeah i liked that i really like moody he's fun moody real moody is fun i love the like exchange between him oh there's a there's honestly one of my favorite lines in the whole series here describing him talking to vernon uh, Uncle Vernon's mustache seemed to bristle with indignation, possibly because the bowler hat gave him the entirely mistaken impression that he was dealing with a kindred spirit. He addressed himself to Moody. I <laughs> love that line. That is it's such very a good. That is, yeah, that is such a good description. Um, what is I? This is such a weird ending for this book in particular. Um, but it is it is satisfying to me. To, so we finally get like a we we get the Dursleys get a I think good comeuppance by being threatened by Moody and, and the Order. Um, and there's one really important part here. I think that I, I I I think is a really good bittersweet way to close out this book and like really gets at the character work that I did appreciate in this one, mm. which is. Uh, you know, when everyone after after like the order has like stuck up for Harry and like all his friends have said, like, we're going to be keeping in touch this year. Um, uh, uh, he somehow could not find words to tell them what it meant to him to see them all arranged there on his side. Instead, he smiled, raised a hand in farewell, turned around and led the way out of the station toward the sunlit street. Like I. It is. It has it has been a problem we've remarked on a lot about like Harry just like not being able to communicate to his friends how much they mean to him mm-hmm. or like what he feels about them. And the book ending with him, you know, feeling appreciative but not saying it is really. I, I don't know, like I, I like how deceptive this this line is, because it like this is such a picturesque ending. But mm-hmm. what it's saying is that he he once again did not tell his friends how much they mean to him, which is, right. I, I, I think is a really, really solid way to end this end out, like close out this character arc. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I kind of, I not missed that, but I wouldn't have thought of it that way. And, and you're right. Um, it, 
I, I think that Harry's arc in this book could have been a lot stronger and a lot clearer, but there is something good there to tease out. Yes. If you really, if you're really looking for it. it yeah, no, I, I did have to really look for it, right? Like, like this book is so all over the place with like who Harry is as a person. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the biggest problems with this, this book. Um, uh, book three, I think is still his like strongest, like singular characterization for mm-hmm. he barely was a character at all. Um, and here, he kind of feels like two characters at once who don't really mesh. But I did appreciate like whenever this book does get into his um, just like emotional inadequacy, like like or like, like how how ill equipped he is to deal with his feelings. I, I think that that stuff is really good. I, I think a lot of the problem it has is that it's trying really hard to reckon him growing up and how to represent that after having some kids books of him being portrayed basically as an adult to begin totally. with. Yeah. Books one and two, Harry is like an eleven year old who is actually thirty, right? Like that's all the characters. I mean like like Ron being the worst example of just like Ron Ron was a solved character in book mm-hmm. one. Which is fine for that for for that one book. He he fills that role perfectly of just like the loyal the loyal friend. He is he's so good in that book. But like him having to basically revert to square one so he can develop alongside harry and hermione now is is so jarring to watch happen and like Mm -hmm. unpleasant yeah and and how are how are you gonna look when your your friends are harry potter and the joker you know (laughs) rambo and the joker (laughs) oh this is a really minor thing i uh what kind of leather jackets did i i i because you mentioned suit jackets but it it just says jackets and i pictured it as like they were wearing like green biker jackets oh really i pictured um i pictured like i like a snakeskin blazer for some reason (laughs) no i think i i i mean like i don't have any evidence to support because all it says is jacket right fred and george are there and they've bought fancy new jackets but like i I pictured them wearing like <laughs> like oversized like shitty leather like uh like a motorcycle jacket like they're because they wanted to look cool, but I think actually suit jacket might make more sense because they're entrepreneurs right so they're gonna get the the blazers for when they give their TED talk. I, I think I am so yeah I think I am inserting an image of them that is maybe not entirely fair but as like um as like weird snake oil salesman like yeah you see um uh gonna gonna sing a song uh to sell you medicine that doesn't work kind of guys so i was picturing yeah. them in, a, in weird weird blazers i think i also am like kind of combining some of their costuming from the the movies right no i i think no now that i think about it i think suit jacket does make more sense because they're, they're like they're entrepreneurs right like they're they're business owners now so that makes a lot more sense. But I, I just had this image of them wearing like fucking like, like I don't know, like like just big, big Tom Cruise Top Gun jackets, right? That are green, which is a very funny image to me. I really like that. I still have not uncovered the mystery of why I thought that their store could fly. Um, oh, I feel like I yeah. mentioned that at the beginning of you this, did. Of this yeah. book. And I don't know where that's coming from. Um, I'm not sure why I picture their store as an airship. Um, 
but I still do. I had I mean, to remind myself again reading this that, that that's not true. I think I think we might not be far off from discovering, uncovering whatever reason might exist for that, because I think we go to their store fairly early in book six. I think mm. I think I think we might see what the hell is going on at the Wizard Wheezes store fairly early on. I could be wrong, but like maybe maybe there'll be some throwaway description that like but like like i had a similar thing this chapter where i vividly remember because I, I was talking about how how the the like scene where crab and goyle and, and malfoy get fucked up by the da is weird to read now but i definitely remembered as a kid thinking that they were literally turned into slugs i had to read it two times this time to figure out if they were literally turned into slugs right no it, it, like it says something like oh they they resembled nothing more than slugs or whatever but I remember thinking like, oh, they got turned into big old slugs when they were when I read it the first time. Um, so I'm sure there's going to be some line in there where it's like, oh, the business is soaring or something that like could have just been like a, a, a uh, an earworm from the yeah. audiobooks that stuck in there. Maybe like maybe. Some... Yeah, that would make sense. Um, as far as earworms from audiobooks, I had a very powerful Jim Dale memory um, from the Daily Prophet article at the very beginning of this chapter. I can hear him in that voice uh, doing the the fudge voice calling Voldemort Lord Thingy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I um, I had a moment when I was first reading this because I, I don't know if your edition is formatted the same way, but the size of the print in the one I'm reading uh, did not make it to all too clear that this was a block quote when it started mm. of a newspaper. And so I was reading it and I was like, why the fuck is it in present tense? Like for a <laughs> solid paragraph. And then I was like, oh, it's a newspaper quote. It took me mm. a minute because it was just like, because you could, because I couldn't see I, I I had no context of like the rest of the text, like the paragraph width being wider or shorter. Um, so I was just like, wait, why why is this why is this in the wrong tense? This is weird. Um, does JK Rowling know what war is? <laughs> no, probably not, honestly. I don't know if this is this a declaration of war. This chapter is called The Second War Begins. And I guess it could be like a metaphorical war, a war of ideas, perhaps. Mm. Um, but it's not like there is a like declaration of war happening. This is like there's a criminal on the loose. There's a manhunt, maybe. <laughs> there's a manhunt. It's like for... a manhunt, but they're also like can't arrest him because he's too scary. Uh, I think this is I think this is uh, just a case of 2000s brain. You know, like, yeah like osama's out there and we're going we're going to war even though congress yeah, but didn't we de didn't declare war on osama bin laden specifically no we didn't declare war at all like <laughs> that was the yeah, whole thing but you can't declare war on a person right yeah no yeah this is like saying that the fbi has declared war on charles manson right like it's it is <laughs> like that <laughs> it is he, Voldemort basically is Charles Manson. He has twelve. He has twelve followers, and they murder like individual people sometimes. That's that's what <laughs> they are. The Manson family, more or less. Like, 
Yeah, no, there's uh, well, as we'll find out though, in book seven, it will become a war when all the Death Eaters uh, run on Lord, uh, run on uh, a Hogwarts Lord of the Rings style. That's true. I just don't understand how we're going to build up to that when it's like the Manson family did just all escape from prison. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> we're at war with the sovereign, I know, I know the sovereign that- <laughs> nation of Manson. I know that like the scale of like the the population scale of the wizarding world is a lot smaller. So maybe that's more realistic to declare war on the Manson family. <laughs> but I just don't I just don't think this is it's like a story about war and uses like some of the like uh, general ideas of that. But there's no war. It's one guy. I mean, like, yeah, and but then 12 you guys, you could, then you then you couldn't set it to to the 30 seconds to Mars song. You're wrong. You absolutely can. <laughs> you did, can be... I did a, a proclamation. You do not need a literal war to set set a property to Fair 30 enough. seconds to Mars. It doesn't it doesn't need to be. The, this is this is a criminal manhunt or anything like that. <laughs> Is he oh like under? Is it, does he have like an arrest warrant out? Do you think? Like, is that Fudge being like, we we Voldemort is under arrest. We need to well, find it, him so we it, can arrest him. Like, said, what are they gonna do? I like the part where it says in the newspaper article that like, oh, everyone will be receiving instructions on like self defense. Like, <laughs> what, what does that mean? Is the is the government gonna like send them like, here's how to use the gun spell? No, I don't think you can use the gun spell. It's evil. Oh, I get. Okay, you have to use the stun spell. I'm pretty sure in the next book we're gonna get a part where Moody is like, "Orders have been cleared to use the gun spell." I'm oh, not really sure though. Fuck yeah! I hope so. Fuck yeah! They have a license to kill. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just, I just love the idea of like, uh, of like getting a, <laughs> getting a like a, a, a an owl in the mail that's like. There's, Charles Manson might kill you. Good luck. <laughs> like, here's some advice about what to do. If Charles uh, Manson shows up to kill you. Yeah, don't sleep. Put your wand under your pillow if you have to sleep. Uh, don't. T- oh, may- maybe maybe it'll send like a, you could reminder. You can teleport away if someone. Oh, that's a say. good tip. Yeah, like you, you are over the age of seventeen and can teleport. So remember that if there's a uh, if there's an evil wizard in your house. Wow, that's su- that is such a good idea that I hadn't considered, especially now that we know you can physically dodge away from the of the gun yeah. spell. That teleporting would be a really good move. Yeah, just just zoop, just away, uh, and you're good. When you see when you see Charles Manson a knocking, just get out of there. Is it canon yet that um, you can teleport with someone? Like, I can't remember if we've seen that happen. Yes, I believe. Oh, wait, no, I'm thinking of port keys. Uh, But grabbing someone when you apparate. I don't think that happens until much later. Because Ron has to teleport them, I think, and then he splinches himself, right? That's like one thing I remember from book seven. I don't remember that. But yeah, I, I, I do like the um defense tips the government's gonna give 
I I wonder if on Pottermore we can get a copy of that or something. That seems that's the kind of shit I want from Pottermore. That's are, yeah, I want the third. They they did the Fantastic Beasts textbook. They did Quidditch through the ages. I also want a copy of whatever <laughs> whatever the government uh distributed amongst the citizens for this the, war. The, the good the good luck uh the good luck <laughs> document that, you, that everyone got sent. Yeah, well, that's the end of Order of the Phoenix. Um, We should probably take a little break and then come back briefly with some of Pottermore's own thoughts on this series. Wonderful. Uh, If I can stop the record. Where the fuck is my mouse? Oh, I'm leaving this in the recording. This is good content. Where the (laughs) fuck is this button? Okay, there we go. Bloody hell! Well, we've done it. We finished another book. Uh, the longest book in the series is behind us now, uh, which is exciting. Um, I had a moment of panic this morning because I went to Pottermore to like get our uh, book club questions, as is tradition, and the book club is gone. <laughs> Pottermore. They just what straight is up happening to you. They straight up removed the book club. Uh, and I really don't know why or like they're listening to us and they know we're making fun of them. Oh, and they, they keep posting new articles to like this one. They're going to like this one every time. <laughs> oh, I feel so bad now. Well, is that why they've like stopped doing articles at all? Because Potter yeah, they're moving to a whole different website, hoping we won't find them. <laughs> hoping we won't find out. <laughs> The last thing they posted was the Hermione Granger quiz, which I think is not a new post. So I think the last new post was the Mina Lima launches Harry Potter wallpaper collection, which was like three weeks ago. Ah, God, those, you know, the designs aren't that bad. I mean, they're pretty much from um, uh, the movie and what you expect from that. But God help anyone that wallpapers a room with those. Holy shit. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah, just a lot of questions, really, for that. But yeah, luckily, I was able to find at least the questions that they asked for the book club because they still have the Twitter moments up and available. Um, So we will be able to find out what the themes they chose are and what questions uh, tie in with those themes. But it's it's it feels bad. It's, I like oh the book club. That was like one of the funniest things. And on pottermore and it's i know and we have to know what the themes of the book are we have to learn them uh because i sure as fuck didn't (laughs) understand all of them reading the book itself yeah i don't i mean i guess we got the symbols we got hallway we got orb we got hallway or death arch yeah yeah well but we so let's yeah let's round out our literary understanding with some themes number one being youth theme number one youth um, this was the one that you, you gave me a little tease of the segment. You told me youth was one of the themes and I've been racking my brain the entire time trying to think of how and why. Yeah, like, I, I guess sort of, but I think that this would have been a pr- more appropriate for the last book, which is really the one that felt like them crossing the threshold from like kid to teen, right? However... I think I was, again, as has happened so often in our recordings today, uh, giving them way too much credit. 
Because... I just don't even know what angle they're coming at this from. Yeah, I mean, like, could, could you could you guess at all, like, what the first question might be, like, what they're if 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 youth is the theme, what's the first thing that they would notice or latch on to? I really got nothing. The only thing I can think of is like Harry teaching the younger kids, but it's not like they're treated like they're younger than him. Um, I guess Sirius losing his youth to torture prison and acting as if he wants to be a kid with Harry, but he's not, he's a, he's a man who was stuck in torture prison. Mm -hmm. Um, I guess the bullying that James Potter did when he was a youth, I, I have no clue. Well, the first question is what is Dudley's opinion of Harry? Oh, uh, that was so long ago. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and I feel like that, that that's not something that we can really grasp from this book because it, isn't it like book six or seven where they finally kind of like make up or whatever? Yeah, I think Harry and Dudley have kind of a like a, you know, they are enemies, but Dudley's not really beating him up anymore because Harry's Rambo now. So <laughs> Harry's cool now. Uh, yeah, the, so I, I just didn't really even know what to think of that one. Uh, uh, the, 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 the book club itself says these cousins clash throughout their youth, but Harry does save Dudley's life. Um, so I think that their, uh, their reasoning for the theme of youth here is that, uh, the characters are young. They are 15. Yes. <laughs> that is not a theme. That's not what a theme is. Is Harry right to be angry at Ron and Hermione? Is that about youth? I don't. I don't think that's about youth. Harry's mad. I don't think Do, it has any. Is there any? Um, are there any posts? Like, does the Twitter moment include what people have written in to say? Are there any? Because I feel oh, like I yeah. need to ask the audience. Like, I, yes. I'm wondering what the what the people are saying. Yeah, one of the answers to uh, to this last question was. This is just the book with angry Harry. He yells a lot with then the crying laughing emoji. And then the ah. book club Twitter quote tweeted that and said, Order of the Phoenix certainly feels like Harry's angry phase. But as Fred and George say, you don't want to bottle up your anger. Do they say that? I guess they do. That probably a long time ago, probably when they pro probably when they walked in like everyone else on Harry screaming at everyone. <laughs> <laughs> that's that I think I think Harry ridiculous. can maybe bottle that up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Harry, you can keep that one to yourself a little bit, honestly, probably. Just mull on it some more. Uh someone else replies, Harry Potter and the Confusing Moods. And then the book club says, very aptly renamed. I hope JK Rowling runs the book club thing. She's just like pissed, like, fuck you, very aptly renamed. <laughs> Should Harry be allowed to join the order? Um no. He's 15. <laughs> Considering all Harry has done, Mrs. Weas is Mrs. Weasley right to say he is too young for the order? Yes, absolutely. Sure. Why not? I wish uh, we knew more of what the order really was. Other yeah. than like a mercenary group. <laughs> uh, a uh, independent contractor is trying to kill Charles Manson. <laughs> <laughs> Bounty hunters. Just chasing <laughs> Charles Manson around. Yeah, Harry uh, can't join those guys. Uh, someone replies, Mrs. Weasley understands Harry doesn't have a maternal figure, so she loves him like a son and 
doesn't want her own sons involved. The mothers aren't worried about what you have done. They think of safety first, mm. uh, which I guess is true. Question mark. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's that's the theme of youth. So we've nailed that one down. What do you think? Can you take a guess at what the second one might be? A crime and punishment. Ooh. Law and order. Mm, close. It is dark magic. Mm. While Sirius is at odds with the dark magic of his ancestral home, Fudge continues to ignore the dark magic occurring right under his nose. Uh, our book club discussion begins in 30 minutes. Prepare to delve into dark magic as we discuss uh, Order of the Phoenix. And then the first question is, what are the similarities between Sirius and Harry? What does that have to do with dark magic? I don't... I, I feel like this one, they have lost more about what a theme is <laughs> i feel like it's been slowly slipping away in all like at, like each book uh but dark now magic is a is like a lore item <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i mean yeah. i kind of like this question though because um, yeah. i enjoy the central conflict which is the serious um has come out of torture prison and still wants to be you know 15 because that was the only part of his life that he remembers being happy because he went to the prison that takes all of your happiness away uh and harry wants him to be his like father figure and the conflict that ensues from that and also like his incredibly inappropriate behavior as an adult right like yeah and, and wanting yeah. to be like i'm a kid like you like we're just hanging out you're you know you remind me of your dad, my best friend from when I was 15 that I still want to be. That's a pretty good <laughs> right. question. What are the people saying? Uh, the people are saying uh, they both mistakenly hate Snape. Really, it is the only black marks I have against both characters. Smiley face. Ah, uh, Snape defender. A real Snape, Snape head out here. Kindred Snape heads here. <laughs> uh, someone else says they both hate their real families. They join the family of their best friend. That, n- that doesn't make any sense. Harry's family is dead. Harry's family is de- oh oh this is a real Ouroboros because because yeah Harry's family is dead but Harry's family is also the family that Sirius like kind of chose so mm, this is a weird. I mean like, I assume it's talking about the Dursleys right but yeah also yeah once the Dursleys aren't in the story anymore we forget them immediately every time <laughs> so right. yeah I just I I disagree. Is it a good thing to be removed from the back black family tapestry? Um, yeah. It's like the Nazi tapestry. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I, to everyone's credit, uh, nearly everyone responding to this one is just saying, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except this one. Uh, to be removed from your family is never a good thing. It's hurtful. Mm. It can be traumatizing. Uh, it can be traumatizing, but when the Nazis are like, you're not one of us. You're like, okay, good. Sounds good. <laughs> Sound works for me. Is Fudge evil or just ignorant? This one is answered in the goddamn book. Uh, like, <laughs> he's just ignorant. Which apparently those things are separate. Mutually mm-hmm. exclusive. You can't be both. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's... there's that, this is another one of those where i'm just like did everyone read the book did everyone actually read the book because it is this is textual like fudge is not evil no he is just ignorant because he 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 operates into the damn 
office and sees Charles Manson leaving is like, oh, <laughs> OK, well, it's egg on my face, I guess. Uh, our next theme is colors. Excuse me? Oh, this is so this is so good on so many levels. OK, I, I want to guess. I can't even yeah, imagine. Okay. Hold on. Colors. You're going to be so fucking mad when I read you the first question. I'm really ra- I'm really racking my brain here. I'm trying to think back to like the beginning of the beginning of the book and like anything that comes up. Um uh. Okay, I'll give you what this uh what this moment is uh purports as a clue here. Sure. We'd never judge a book by its cover, but colors in the wizarding world carry a lot of significance. Hogwarts house colors, a witcher wizard's wardrobe, even their name. Everything has a colorful code. I don't I don't I don't know. Okay, well the first question is uh what is your first impression of Luna Lovegood? What? Now, I was also responding to this like, what? But she's the Joker. Here, that's my first impression. Would you like to know how they um how they uh, uh, tied this into colors? Um, I'm scared, but sure. Okay, so they tweeted out the picture with this with this question, and the tweet says, "Meet Luna Lovegood, a colorful character indeed." No, fuck off! What? <laughs> a colorful? You can't do that. That's not. That's not how themes work. That's not you. Can, and also. <laughs> If even if color was a theme in this book, you can't also have your first question be based on the like <laughs> adjective use of color. Ah! I see why they deleted the book club. Because <laughs> it was a nightmare. Uh, what Luna, what Luna do for Harry is what you guys <laughs> do for me. Provide me with a different perspective on a subject I'd never thought about before. I guess it's true. I had never thought about <laughs> color being a theme in this book uh i think harry could have benefited from being friends with luna in his third year the that year he started to feel alienated and alone uh and book club says what a good point we think that luna would be great in book club sure question number two does the sorting ceremony divide the wizarding community um sure guess literally uh, sure someone someone responds only for those who equate slytherin with evil and gryffindor with good oh come on come on read the come books on, people read the fucking books slytherin is evil slytherin is is is, a, is an evil child murderer man who set up a house or set a racism house everyone everyone forgets this somehow what makes umbridge so threatening it's certainly not the fluffy pink cardigan she's nope, so fond of. Nope, it's the torture. Yeah, it's the. I would say it's the torture. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the Torturing children? Not the, good. The, the, the child's torture is, uh, you know, probably not great. Uh, everything about her, from her voice, the annoying girly aura. The oh, defam- I forgot. I hate women. I forgot ah. about that. I was thinking about the torture, but then I was like, oh, I fucking hate women. That's what it is. The defamation of the color pink to the way she interrupted Dumbledore like she's way better than him, even though she's not. I hated her from the first time, and that view never changed. Never. Hmm. To which book club says, ah, poor pink. Tonks's cool hair certainly wins back some points for that color, though. 
Thank, thank you to punk rock once again. <laughs> thank you, punk rock. I would just like to reiterate, I think what makes Umbridge most threatening is the torture. The torture is not not great. The threat of torture. <laughs> Our next theme is food and drink. Christmas, Halloween, start of term, any excuse for a feast at Hogwarts, really. In the festive food-filled week, we'll discuss, we'll discuss food and drink in the wizarding world. This sucks not- so much because food and drink can be a theme. Yeah, totally. Like, definitely can be, and it definitely is not in this book. Uh, where would you rather have Christmas dinner, Hogwarts or the Borough? Now we're getting into some good shit. Mm. Uh, uh, probably Hogwarts. Probably Hogwarts. It's a cool. It's a cool big castle. It's like, uh, mm, but it's slave labor, so maybe not actually. Mm. Oh, shit. Mm, fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck. Mm, shit. Well, fuck. And don't forget that at the borough you can have some of Molly Weasley's famous cream sauce. Oh, that's right. We could <laughs> we can watch her her legendary sauce wand skills. Do you do you think it's like um say that she's serving uh, fettuccine Alfredo for dinner? Do you think that like she passes out like a plateful of pasta on everyone's everyone's uh table setting and then kind of walks around kind of like at olive garden when they bring you the parmesan <laughs> like say <laughs> when like, just say when <laughs> <laughs> yeah that wasn't how i thought about it before but it is now i changed my answer i'll go to the borough yeah we're going to the borough we'll get we got to get some sauce uh <laughs> Uh, the borough, mostly because I feel like Molly would be the most entertaining person to watch. Again, because of the sauce wand, right? <laughs> and I want I, a really cool true. Christmas sweater, says one person responding to book club. Okay. Uh, and then someone else says, the borough, Christmas is always better with family. Uh, not many people are saying The aren't my family, here. though. So yeah. Yeah, I'm they, just kind of intruding on this other random family. <laughs> hey, we heard that you are really good at shooting sauce. Can we? Can We'd we love butt to in see on that. I'm just trying to see. There's not many Hogwarts answers here. Uh, yeah, most people they seem to want some sweaters. Uh, and the next question: Are Hogwarts feasts healthy? <laughs> what the fuck? Uh, yeah, probably. Probably, they probably got like magic. Like uh, wizards have probably figured out how to make like a turkey leg that has no calories in it, right? Like, what I'm sure is that's... what is healthier than just a big bowl of peas for dinner? <laughs> Gigantic bowl of fucking peas. Uh, I would say that they are not so healthy for uh, your soul because they are uh, sla- again slave labor. Mm, sure. Yeah. Uh, I think Madame Pomfrey would have a fit if she knew the students weren't getting optimal options for healthy foods and also knowing that kids wouldn't pick salad over pudding. I suppose the elves keep it healthy, but delicious and no one notices because why would they? Says What the some, fuck is this question? <laughs> yeah, that, that theme of, of oh, Harry, you've got to you've got to stop loading up on starch before Quidditch. You're so logy. <laughs> you need more energy. Uh someone else says i think food is food and it's the best thing about the feast of hogwarts besides there's nothing healthier than feeling better after good food winky face there's nothing healthier than a big bowl of peas but yeah that's like that's about as healthy as things could possibly get is just a gigantic bowl of fucking peas right mm-hmm. is hagrid's cooking dangerous <laughs> Okay. 
get the get the health inspector in there to Hagrid. <laughs> Hagrid, you are not passing this inspection. That's, You're getting... that's the next Hagrid's hut farce I want to see. He's getting a ninety-one. They're shutting the hut down. Harry, <laughs> Harry has to put on the invisibility cloaks. The health inspector showed up. Uh, so let's see. Are there even? Or like, what? Is, what does he even cook in this book? He makes rock cakes, which I think are just hard, right? Like they're just. He made scones that are too hard. Yeah. And dandelion. The joke is that his cooking's not very good, right? Yeah. Also, like he made dandelion juice, which kind of sounds... I don't know. I'd try that. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. Uh, What are the responses here? Like anything one receives from Hagrid, advice, impromptu hippogriff rights, etc. His cooking should be appro- approached with extreme caution. Fair enough, honestly. Uh, food that doesn't injure me or make me ill or render me speechless in a bad way is the best food. I disagree with you people grading on a curve thanks to intentions. I love him, but I'm not eating a bite. If you were invited to Hagrid's for rock cakes, would you eat them? (laughs) I mean, sure. Just nibble on it a little bit. I don't know. Just so you're not hungry. Our next theme is rebellion. This is a theme. This is a theme. We did this it. Is, we're three we're, themes we're in and we got final, one. We're finally at a real ass theme in this book. Uh, yeah, let's see. Um, uh, Hermione decides that if the students of Hogwarts stand a fan- chance, yeah, stand a chance of facing Voldemort and of passing their OWLs, it's time to take a stand. Uh, what motivates Hermione's rebellion? Um, she's the Joker. Yeah, she's the Joker. She wants to cause chaos. Some women just want to watch the world burn, and she is absolutely one of them. Mm-hmm. Just uh, Voldemort. That's why she proposed the creation of the DA. If Umbridge found out, she could be expelled. And right now, that's not worse than being killed like it was in the beginning, says uh, Bruno, which book club says, great point. If Hermione did once say, <clears throat> excuse me, Great point. Hermione did once say being expelled was worse than death. Has she changed since then? Yes. The question, the person answering actually did just say that to you. Book club. It's I I have a new um, appreciation of the DA now that our revelation about Voldemort being Charles Manson, because it's just Hermione gathering up the young students or the younger students and being like, what if Charles Manson showed up right now? What would you do? You would just get murdered. <laughs> you would just fucking die. You wouldn't be able to do shit if he broke in. Uh, what makes Harry a good teacher? I resent the question. That is a good fucking question. Yeah, I I don't think he is because all we see is he. We get some like lines that are like Harry had taught them good, but we don't actually see how he teaches them. He just was really there, man. Uh, one one person one person replies, and their name is just Blogger. Blogger replies, mm. Harry is a natural leader. I think he has learned a lot about how to teach from Lupin. The angle he has is very much how Lupin taught them, and the results speak for themselves. That's such a nice thought. That would be, yeah, what a lovely <laughs> thing to him. It's, uh, this, this is some fan fiction bleeding into real life, right? I think that's wonderful. This is my favorite answer. Harry's strong empathy supports his ability to teach. Oh. All that empathy Harry has I'd in this book. I'd love to see that. That's another really nice thought. <laughs> all, 
all all that fucking empathy that harry shows in in book five uh is is he's just dripping with it he has so many feelings for other people uh this one's ominous someone just responds ask cho chang nice and book club says well 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 is right Mm. getting a little saucy Mm. no that's molly Oh, that was right. the lot. That was the other. Oh thing. yeah, yeah, you're right. How successful is Umbridge at stopping the rebellion? None? Not zero, Not. none. Why? Every now and then they'll just drop these questions that are like actually just like like they're. I feel like they're trick questions. Like, are they just there to make sure you're actually reading along with them? Like, yeah, because because there's that part where the text uh, looks you straight in the eye and says. There's nothing that's better for our club than Umbridge banning it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Deplatforming doesn't work. <laughs> uh, someone says zero uh, percent with a gif of Fred and George riding around on brooms that says we regret nothing. Mm. And then someone else says about as successful as Bane and Megorian dealing with the unusual brightness of Mars. Hashtag forens. Okay. What does that mean? I are don't you just know. showing are they just showing off? Are they flexing that they have read the books before? Like, <laughs> like I know I know some other characters I can name drop here. Alright, our next one. Magical maladies. Hashtag Broderick Bode. <laughs> Oh, I can finally put up my other shirt design. The the bode the bode and podmore shirt design. Oh, absolutely. That's, That's a exciting. good one. Uh when Madame Pomfrey can mend bones in a second, it's somewhat of a shock when St. Mungo's reminds us some witches and wizards require long-term care. Uh first question, why don't Harry wait. Why don't Harry and Ron reveal that Lockhart is a fraud? What? Wrong book. Yeah, what? Oh, just I mean, in gen- just like to the, are, what are they going to do? Like have a press conference? I don't think, I think this is a weird, this is a weird ass read on this scene. I don't think, are people, do people not know about Gilderoy Lockhart? I, I guess that's never really come up, but I thought, I assume that everyone now knew that he was a fraudster at this point. Yeah, I guess maybe they don't. I mean, I get I, I literally didn't think about it because it's like it doesn't matter. Like that story got wrapped up and then we yeah. see him again. But I guess this is asking why he didn't get revealed to the wider world. But like what what is what are they going to do? Like post about it on Twitter? Are they going to make a call out post? Are they going to put bulletins up? Like what they're going to call Rita Skeeter on the phone and be like, I've got a, got a story for you. Yeah, we're kind I'm- of over it. Yeah, I'm confused about this one. I, I I guess I'd never really thought about it, but I, I I kind of assumed that the story had gotten out, but but I, I could be wrong. Uh, my favorite answer to this one is a reminder. The question is, uh, why don't Harry and Ron reveal that Lockhart is a fraud? And then there's this answer. No, because he is still credited for all the work he supposedly did. I think they replied to the wrong thing, maybe. Because mm. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Uh, is Neville embarrassed that his parents are in St. Mungo's? No, I don't think it's embarrassment. No, he's just sad. He doesn't want to talk. He doesn't want to tell his friends about all the sad shit in his life. Are there limits to wizarding medicine? Yes. <laughs> yes, clearly. 
<laughs> yeah, you can fucking die. Um, there's that whole thing about how uh, too many stunners nearly killed McGonagall. Uh, so, you know, even that's even that's uh, up in the air. I uh, I like this first reply. LOL, there's no cure for broken hearts. Oh, shit. Fuck. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Fuck. That's a really <sighs> good point. I love that. Uh, how about wizarding careers is a theme? That's not really a theme. That is a theme. It is a chapter. A- <laughs> it's a chapter that appears in the book. Uh, though we definitely, uh, we definitely all wish it lasted forever. Life at Hogwarts must come to an end one day, and the fifth years begin to consider their career paths. Uh, why does Harry want to be an Auror? Uh, he's a fucking because, cop. That's why. Because he's a fucking cop, and fake Moody said he'd be good at it, and he he let that go to his head uh harry's already been an or since the moment he was born so honestly why not get paid for it <laughs> born a cop <laughs> he's a cab he's a, a signed cop at birth oh shit fuck <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck uh he met moody the real one tonks and kinsley and please tell me after you met these cool people who doesn't want to work with them and be as cool as they are i really thought you said moody a real one he meant moody a real one (laughs) (laughs) shit Uh, who is the better divination teacher trelawney or forens this is i think answered explicitly in the text as well yeah although trelawney has made real prophecies that's true She's not much of a teacher, whereas uh, Josh here has the real barnstormer of a reply, which is neither. Oh, shit. Why? Damn, I don't know. They just say neither. <laughs> Wait, that's they, it? They, that's it. That's all they say. Neither. Put club over. Like, I guess they just don't like divination. Oh, here's a good one. Here's a real good one. I don't know what this has to do with uh, careers, but it's a good mm. question. Is Hermione too harsh on Marietta? Yes. Hermione, as we have established, is just completely off the chain in this book. Uh, she kidnapped an adult and kept her in a jar for six months. Uh, she uh, permanently scarred Marietta. She played a, a nightmarish trick on Professor Umbridge. I I just, I don't know. I, I, I seek help, Hermione. You, you, can, <laughs> you can turn things around. I promise. Uh, uh Am I the only one who thinks it is unreasonable to scar a child for life for making a mistake when facing opposition and punishment from someone much more powerful than you? Not everyone is as strong as Hermione, so that's a good answer. Uh, no way, that snitch got what she deserved. She couldn't. She shouldn't have gone behind their backs, no matter what Umbridge threw at her. Yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, our next one is dreams and visions. We discussed Harry's visions and dreams into Voldemort's mind, questioning whether he'd really been trying to block them out. As his fifth year draws to a close, a dream leads Harry and his friends to a most mysterious ministry department. Are Harry's visions useful or dangerous? Um, again, I have to ask, did y'all read the book? Because mm. they weren't real. They yeah, were fake. except when they were real. Oh, that's true. Except there's the one time that was real when he saw, when he saw Arthur getting chowed on by a, by a snake. That's true. I did forget about that. So I'm the fool. Uh, all of Harry Potter consists of his things Harry should have been told when he was 11. <laughs> Why did 
Why did they retweet this one? Why did they put this one in the moment? That's kind of a dunk. They quote tweeted it and said fair. Fair. Why? Fair enough. Damn. Damn, fair enough. Should Luna be taken more seriously? Um, it's impossible to know. <laughs> yeah, I uh she is barely in the book. I don't really understand like aside from her pretty good last scene i don't really know like what her deal is in this book it feels kind of underutilized so i'm gonna i'm gonna take a no no answer on that one uh we talked about this one what is the purpose of the department of mysteries (laughs) really good fucking question that's a good question it seems to be academic I really like this. Uh, there have been two answers now on this page where uh, the the person answering has kind of gotten an own in on the book club and they've retweeted it anyway. Good. Uh, Nathan says to be mysterious. <laughs> <laughs> and book club says mystery solved. So I guess they're taking it in stride. They're, they're rolling with the punches here. Yeah, it's uh, like, you know, are they laughing at us? Are they laughing with us? Hard to say. <laughs> well... Speaking of punches, we're on to our last theme here, which is power. Mm, I would say that's that's kind of a theme in this book, maybe. Sure. Sort of. Why is the prophecy so important to Voldemort? Um, The power of information. The pen is Ah, mightier than the sword. Ooh, very good. Uh, Amanda says Voldemort hopes that the prophecy will give him an exact roadmap on how to defeat Harry, hence his obsession with it. I take I do not agree with this one, but like this is like the common answer everyone is giving because Voldemort doesn't really seem to give a shit about Harry that much. Every time he's like nearly killed Harry, it's like because he's been like mildly annoyed by Harry. Like he when he was in the Department of Mysteries, he was just like, oh, you've been you been you keep on showing up here. I'm getting tired of this. I'm going to kill you like like whatever. Like he doesn't seem to care whether or not the orb says he can or not. Yeah, he he gives on up on it pretty fast. <laughs> uh, someone else replies because he is dramatic. Well, that seems to me all the time. XX. Why doesn't Voldemort just try to track down the person that told the prophecy? I guess because Trelawney doesn't remember it. I, yeah, I don't really know how that works. Oh, like I guess the if it's a true vision, I guess the seer doesn't remember it. But that's uh, not really talked about that much i guess um should dumbledore have kept the truth from harry for this long um this is all gonna hinge on whether or not we get into book six and have him go actually it's not true yeah answer pending because i'm if if everyone tweeting us is right and that he says actually prophecies are are uh uh, subjective that will be very uh (laughs) Why would he not just that, say it? He, Harry would be like, that's so fucked up. And then Dumbledore would be like, don't worry. It's not real. <laughs> don't worry. It's not real. It's 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 purely subjective. Voldemort can't Voldemort's taking way too much stock in this. Yeah, like like that's a interesting t- angle, I guess, but I have no idea if that's really where this story is going. Uh someone responds to this one with only Dumbledore can question Dumbledore. Uh, which is a Oh, what? Mm. Mm. Finally, our very last question. And this one is actually a question I will pose to both of us rather than reading the Reddit responses. What was your favorite moment from Order of the Phoenix? 
Let me pick up this mighty tome. This brick. And do a brief uh, flip through to remember the beginning of the book because it was so long ago. Mm-hmm. I have to say that my, the two things that I immediately think of is um, Sirius's various conflicts with uh, Molly Weasley and later Snape. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, I really liked the occlumency lessons uh, for the most yeah. part, but that's just because I love Snape. <laughs> yeah, no, I think the occlumency lessons were really good. Um, I I would definitely put those up there. I think for me, though, if I had to pick one, I think my favorite moment would be Harry's terrible date with Cho and like everything around that. Because it's such a one. It's like it's just a really fun, horrible scene, like really well-written teen awkwardness. Yeah. Um, And I also like the way that the other characters get to like be themselves around that scene, like Hermione being extremely Hermione ass, like like bad, bad at, you know, emotional intelligence with her saying like, well, just just tell Cho to come with you to meet me at the at the hog's head or whatever. Like, it'll be fine. Like, there's some really fun stuff around that, I think. Sure. I feel like that's a kind of a controversial answer. Yeah, I I know a lot of people hate the fucking Cho stuff. I and like I think that the Cho stuff sputters out and 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 is really bad uh, at one point. But um, you know, I I think that at least the first date is just a really funny and like horrible comedy of errors that I really enjoyed reading. Yeah, that was that was fun. I definitely agree with you on that. Yeah. Well, that is the end of the book club <sighs> and the end of us reading harry potter and the order of the phoenix wow we're done it's over i never have a, to open this that was big a long fucking, book it's a really long book i will have to go back and check exactly what episode number was the first for this one and how many chapters or how many uh, episodes we did because just wow Feels like we've been at this one for a long time, uh, but it was fun. This was a, you know, as as bad as a lot of this book is, I think it was really interesting reading this one and working through the style shifts, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and 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 puzzling through this series, trying to become more adult, uh, and it definitely is not good at that, but it's a really fun um, series. Siri. Siri's got us some suggestions about what we should do next. <laughs> um, no, I just, I just, uh, I, I think for as boring and frustrating as some parts of Goblet got, and like this book is definitely very bad in a lot of places. Um, I think I had some of the most fun I've had on this show, uh, combing, th- rolling around in the dirt on this one, you know? Yeah, I definitely had more fun. Um, this one ranks way higher than I would have expected. Mm. Um, I think Prisoner of Azkaban is still my favorite and mm-hmm. will likely remain my favorite. Uh, but this one might come in second as a weird, very flawed uh, 
book. And I think that like in some ways I, I am a little bit um, biased by nostalgia as then this is the last Harry Potter book I really remember. And also being very excited at the time about how much more serious stuff was mm, um, mm-hmm. and enjoying that a lot. Um, so, so this one might, might end up in my second place, probably followed by like Philosopher's Stone. Hmm. I don't really know where, where I'd rank this one because it definitely has some of my favorite moments and then just some of the absolute worst moments. Like, I just can't look past, like, the grop stuff, right? Like, that is just such a low point for me. Uh, it's it's real bad. But it's also like just you say, one chapter. Yeah, right. Like, like, there is also some really truly excellent stuff in this book. Like, I, I think that the like Harry serious relationship uh, in this book is maybe one of the best things that the series has done so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm going to have to let that sit for a while before I can rank this one, I think, but I definitely had a lot of fun reading through it. Um, yeah. I don't know if I have that much more to say here until we uh, watch the movie, I guess the plot's really weak. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Everything to appreciate is like the character moments, the um, yeah, the 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 brief like uh like one like there's a few just like one chapter stories sort of similar to Mira Vera said that I think are really strong, um, and uh I think that when it is on this book has some of just like the best like character like characters bouncing off of other characters dialogue moments and like hijinks and uh uh like like just a lot of like the hogwarts flavor you know Mm -hmm. like there's some really good stuff uh, in here from that perspective but definitely an incredibly weak plot um and and some real clunkers along the way i wasn't as annoyed with Harry that as a lot of people are, I think. I know I've probably sounded very annoyed with him, but my annoyance is not with the character as much as like how inconsistent the writing is. Right. Like honestly, when Harry is being just like a a, a moody bastard, I kind of liked it. Um, it was when he was. It's it's all the moments where he behaves like Master Chief that I just don't like um those feel really incongruous with like him him being more sullen you know which Mm -hmm. makes a lot more sense like i and like a lot of people hate that stuff a lot of people hate how this oh this is the emo one or whatever but i i think that that when it is actually him being like introspective and brooding i really did like that um uh just because like we we have gotten a similar story out of Azkaban where he was a little younger and still a little bit more idealistic. Mm-hmm. And so seeing him kind of back spiral into those feelings again, but worse because he is a teenager, right? Yeah. Um, uh, it's it it fun. Uh, that stuff's interesting. I can't believe it's over. It's over. And then we got to watch the movie and then we're on to book six, which is so crazy to say. I got to get my copy of, of Half-Blood Prince. Yeah, my me green too. Book. That, that, that yeah. book's about Snape. That book's about Snape. Oh, we got a lot of Snape content coming up for you, but not in the way that we want, probably. Yeah, it's going to make me want to 
not get a Snape jersey. That's not true. I want, <laughs> nothing, I want the Snape no, jersey. Nothing is going to shake your faith in the Snape jersey. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Absolutely not. Okay, we should probably wrap this up, huh? Yeah. Let's let's take it to the close. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Huge thanks, as always, to them for letting us use that as our theme song. You can check them out on Bandcamp, and you can check us out at patreon.com slash shriekcast. Uh, we just read uh, Looking for Alaska. So if you enjoyed Oof. us ripping on uh, uh, Faulkner Stars, hey, we did another John Green book for you. So uh, check that out. And we're not reading anything next week. We've got a movie to watch, huh? Wahoo! Which means that it's time to kill Umbridge one more time. Last time? Yeah. One last time, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Someone get her onto a broom, pull a dobby, and enchant a bludger after her. Thanks, flute piano, for this idea. Oh, shit! What a great finale. Flute piano <laughs> coming in clutch. Um, not only with an original idea from our favorite commenter, flute piano, uh, but it involves dobby. Yuval's Dobby. We get the we get a Dobby shout out and a flute piano shout out, and there's only one comment on this article, mm. or excuse me, on this on this, which is uh, flute piano saying, "A, a, a." All right. Well, since we're not reading anything this week, you have no excuse. We 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 do not need to read Harry Potter. Please read another book. Please read another book. Makes ocean rolls seem tame. But know what you're after if you catch a ride. Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.